keep Rayman Digital on the air by pledging to our Patreon page. Uh, your continued support allows us to make great content and offer even better features in the future. Help us keep the lights on in the studio by pledging $1 to $10 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. Warning, Weird West Radio contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Welcome, everyone, to Weird West Radio, Rain Man Digital's exclusive Western podcast, where, guess what, we talk about Westerns. Hello, David. Hello, everybody. All right. So in this episode, we are going to delve into some content that is a part of the Weird West genre. It's been a while since I've covered an actual Weird West topic on this show. And I apologize to all of those Weird West fans out there that have been wanting me to return to the weird, the abnormal, and the strange. And we are going to discuss something that fits <laughs> that. Oh, to a T. And that is the new Weird Western comic titled Two Moons from Image Comics. And this comic really does encompass all of those go-to Weird West fan favorites and more. Now, for those of you that are not necessarily comic book readers, please stick with us. Be as I'm sure. Yeah. Be, I think you'll enjoy the conversation, period. But I'm sure you're going to want to hear us out and hear us discuss this comic. And I'm hoping that most of you will run out and pick these issues up. Even if you're not a comic book reader or you've never read a comic book before, it's very easy to order these issues. Uh, you can read them digitally. You can order them online and they'll be shipped to your home. In fact, I'll put a, a link in the description within the description of this podcast so that you can find that. This is something that I think a lot of Weird West enthusiasts would really like. Uh, Two Moons isn't just some half-baked gore fest. It's a true Western. Yeah. That yeah. falls neatly into that weird West subgenre. And it, it's very, the thing I love about it is it's very unique and creative with its ideas. Because, like, it'd be very easy to do, just like what you said, a gore fest Western Bang, bang, shoot them up. Make it easy, right? Which is what a lot of Weird West comic books end up being. Yeah. Here, there's more going on than just a simple monster of the week, if you were. Yeah. Type of story. They're dealing with old Western myths. They're dealing with... Folklore. Stereo Western stereotypes. Yep. Actually taking concepts that basically... Normally, you would say, huh, okay, I would not never have seen this done in this type of context. And I give a lot of uh, a lot of props for you for actually bringing this up to me, this comic up to me, because I pride myself in, like, knowing comics and everything. You, you didn't hear about this one. I did not hear anything about this. That's surprising. And I kick myself for it because uh, the writer, John Arcudi, mm -hmm. absolutely is dynamite with two moons. Like this is one of those comics that I've, I've stated in the past. 
how I can tell a good comic is if they make me want to get to the next issue. This comic forced me to go to the next issue. Yeah. I've read the second issue. Oh, you son of a bitch. Well, I had to. I mm. had to because it's that good. Yeah. I, I almost <laughs> did the same. And and especially with how Arcudi treats the beats, I appreciate the fact that as a writer, he knows how to make how to make horror comics work. And then not only that, he gives like this really cool narrative where there's little beats you get here and there that open up the, the the mystery of the story, right? It's not simply just like what I said, a simple monster shows up, kills everybody, and all of a sudden you have to find out how the hero is going to deal with the monster. No. <laughs> this, this is like, this had me guessing, is the character really seeing what he is seeing? Yeah. Or is it some kind of hallucination? Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of subtlety yeah. in the first issue and I, and a lot of very overt things that weren't subtle at all, but the mystery is, is what's subtle. And I like that. And using the native American, native, native American mythos to kind of be kind of like your backbone of your story. Yeah. Was actually a genius thing to put into a weird West. Well, I've said this numerous times, Clint and I, had gone into these discussions about Native American culture and how we're not doing more with that in the way of the Weird West because it literally, many, uh, much of the folklore of the first people, the American Indians, it writes itself. It literally writes itself. Yes. And it's amazing that there aren't more Weird West pieces utilizing that for its core concepts. So, Dave, it's it's no secret that the Weird West is probably my favorite of the fandoms. I have a few. Definitely up there. And I've always had an affinity for the Supernatural Westerns. And for me, it started when I was a very young man. Boy. Not man. Boy. Not a man boy, a boy, David. Try to keep up. And it started when Briscoe County Jr. came out. And since then, I've always gravitated to the genre. Unfortunately, Dave, and this feeds into what you were talking about right now. uh, The genre isn't known for having a high quality track record. No, no, it is not. Not to say there aren't amazing pieces of weird Western content because there there are definitely without a doubt. But for every five shitty attempts, we have one fantastic attempt. And when it comes to the mainstream, they're almost I I would say there's zero for a thousand. A lot of the best weird West stuff are coming from more the the indie circuits. Yes. The Hollywood industry can't seem to get a weird West right for the most part. No. And that's why when I heard about this comic book, I jumped at it because I know John Arcudi is a well-known writer. It's also being published by image image is known for high quality, well-written comics. They tend to be more on. And I know this may be debatable whether or not you should use the terms high art for comic books, but believe it or not, there are some high art comic books. At least I would consider them. And image tends to put out the less superficial and more the higher quality titles. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah. Because image is, is very infamous with the fact that how they treat their artists and writers is very hands off. They want the creative process to come from the artist and writer without a lot of editorial mandates. So, when you look at image comics, you will find a lot of the really out there, great, creative, very unique storytelling that isn't hampered by like, I, I, I say, I hate saying hampered by, but it, hampered by like the superhero tropes here, you're getting a very solid narrative that could be easily translated into other media. That's why you see a lot of image titles being changed or adapted to like media today. Yeah. And 
it's very rare to actually see uh, a big one of the big two's main storylines get adapted fully, fully get adapted fully. You might adapt it a little bit, but not fully. You're talking about DC and Marvel, yeah, DC yeah. and Marvel. You you might get it a little bit, but never fully. It's mostly it's mostly just concepts. But when you get to Image, Walking Dead adapted perfectly. You you get those type of elements from Image Comics. And that's why a lot of people look at Image Comics and say, oh, that story could be turned into the next big blockbuster blockbuster movie. Yeah, they have a lot of high quality content that comes from their publishing label, without a doubt. And easily, dude, this title, I could see it being turned into a movie. Well, yes, for <laughs> sure. And Dave, I feel like this title here is probably going to be one of those fantastic additions to the Weird West genre. Now... Obviously, this is only issue one, but that should tell you how great issue one is. For me to be gushing over it this much, that should tell the listeners, okay, this is fucking good. I'm a picky son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the official synopsis, writer John Arcudi, is it Arcudi or Cootie? Arcudi. John Arcudi is back at Image. Arcudi, if you're listening, uh, blame David for saying your name pronounced that way if it's not. And if it is, then congratulate him. <laughs> All right. So writer John Arcudi is back at the image with rising star Valerio Jean Giro Dano, or not Jaro, Jean Giro Dano for an all new ongoing horror series. The issue starts ongoing, David. That's the key word that's for me. The, that's the thing. I love it when they're all in. They're like, no 10 issue arc and then we're done. No two issue arc and we're done. No, ongoing. And if listeners like our discussion today and they're reading the issues, I will be willing to cover this every single month. If there are listeners out there who want to read the comics, almost like an Oprah's book club for Weird West Radio. There you go. You know, get the issues, follow along with our discussion, give us some input within the comment section of our Facebook page or Twitter. Yeah. All right. So uh, the issue starts the long journey of a young Pawnee man named Virgil Morris. Yep. A.K.A. Two Moons fighting for the union during the civil war when he is suddenly confronted with his shamanic roots. He discovers horrors far worse than combat as the ghosts of his past. No, they don't stick around. <laughs> we'll listen to another show. When the ghost of his past reveal the monstrous evil around him. All right, Dave. So if people haven't caught on yet, for me, in one issue, Two Moons is what the genre has been missing. Oh. The problem with a lot of Weird West is we get a supernatural story that happens to take place in the 1800s. So yes. there are Western elements. Two Moons does what the best Weird Westerns do. It's a Western. And there are supernatural elements. elements. That's how you do it. And on top of that, not only that, take that an extra layer. Arcudi is able to actually contemporize it also by simply, simply making our main protagonist a Pawnee Indian, which it, it was amazing when I read the background of this story. Mm -hmm. The reason why Arcudi chose this character specifically, Virgil, to actually be his main character is because he wanted to actually take the concept of the Native American characters mm -hmm. in Westerns because he always felt that they were always treated as only two types. The Savage Warriors, mm -hmm. which he called in, in his article, or the Sage uh, Wise Man or Sage Scholar. So he wanted to actually take create a character that would shatter that but still make it believable. <laughs> right. What about Lee Van Cleef's Captain Apache? I mean, they did a pretty good job. <laughs> uh, no? <laughs> Only the hard chorus of Western fans will understand that joke. And that's why I'm laughing so bad. <laughs> because you're right. 
<laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, Dave. So you're you're right about the the chosen character and the relevance, and we'll get into that in a moment because there's a lot to be said about that. The biggest thing for me why this comic worked is because it is a western. That yes. it's not a supernatural horror with western elements. It is a western. The supernatural and the elements pertaining to the occult are secondary and are only there because they are necessary to the plot. Uh, the attention to detail aids in the authenticity of the story and adds to the motif. Uh, with a story like this, it, it can it can be very easy to get lost in the world building because you're dealing with a world that's not quite like ours. Uh, the writer John Arcudi doesn't let that happen due to choosing a singular character for the most part to focus on. And then he writes the narrative around him. Round if you him. noticed everything that's happening is around him. He's in the center of everything. Even if it doesn't have anything to directly deal with him, or I should say, even if it doesn't directly deal with him, He's right there. He's right there. He's present. The writing is designed to be from the perspective of two moons. Everything he learns, we learn. The weird Western elements aren't normal occurrences. So when two moons encounter supernatural elements, he's experiencing it for the very first time. Yeah. Like we are. Stories that do that uh, and then um, that do that and then flesh out the world it feels more organic when you go about it that way. Uh, it's more comfortable to the reader as well, at least for me, yeah. when we're not. For example, sometimes we get these stories where we are thrown smack middle of craziness. And sometimes that works, but for the most part, it doesn't. And we don't have that one character that serves as our eyes and ears. And many times we're just lost in this world. And yeah. we're like, okay, what's happening? Ghosts exist. Vampires exist. Uh, we're in the Old West. There's werewolves. Okay, is this normal to everybody? Does everyone know that the world exists like this? And it, you sometimes, yeah, sure, we find out in issue two, issue three, issue four. But many times, you've already lost me by that point. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, where am I? And when you're dealing with a comic book, you don't, you can't rely on sounds and 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 certain. Uh, depth that comes with watching a movie or a TV show um, you're solely relying on what that writer can convey via his artist and that's it oh yeah and if you lose us we're done we're not going on to issue two comic books are three four bucks we're not going to buy that second issue if we feel lost and by making us essentially see this world through the eyes of our protagonist, it helps with not just understanding that this is all new, but also it helps with setting with setting the tone. Because like when you actually have when you actually have the character be the main focus, it it adds, I don't know, it adds tension, true tension to the reader because we we all are we're all on this journey with him. It's funny that you say, and when we focus on our protagonist, because we should, but yeah. unfortunately, but we don't. We don't. We don't. Sometimes. A lot of times people don't. And like, I really appreciate the fact in this first issue, you're left with the question of, is he really experiencing this? Is this real? Or is this just in his head? Because right. like every, for everybody else. Don't no. go into too much detail they just because I want to keep it. I don't want any big spoilers. Yeah, no big so spoilers. So far you're doing good being but like, vague, but just remain vague. They're able to actually separate him. And in doing so, because we're following this journey with Virgil, we get that sense of tension. My yes, favorite scene. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. My, my favorite scene by far is like when he's talking with the nurse. And the nurse that was a up, good moment. Yeah, when, yeah, that when was he, good. When she brings up, oh, these strange, these strange wounds are appearing on these on and on these uh, people, right? And suddenly, you, it's almost like a really well done swerve because you're like, oh, this is our this is our hook. But all of a sudden, Virgil just basically says, oh no, that's just normal. That's that's the wounds of like when they 
when they ran out of cannonballs, they throw all sorts of things in the cannon mm-hmm. and you get shrapnel. Yeah. And you mute, mutilate and people. you mutilate people. And yeah. I'm like, going, suddenly it was a big swerve. Well, totally that, like going, okay, so that has nothing to do with what Virgil's seeing. Yeah, it's a swerve. It's a bit of a misdirection. Misdirection. At the same time, it also adds to the more relevant of the stories. Like yes. Supernatural, as I said, is just an element to help with the plot progression. And it works. But with this secondary character that you brought up, uh, her name was Frances Shaw. She's no doubt being set up as the co-star, the co-lead, the co-protagonist of this series. And I like what they're doing because when it comes to the relevant side of things, it seems like they are using her to parallel. Specifically, I'm talking about that comment you just made about the canon. They're using her to parallel her experience as an immigrant in America during a time of war. With a young American Indian soldier who might have a different, less optimistic, optimistic view, view of the war or yeah. even America for that matter. And that was the interesting part when it comes to her character because there are moments of relevance as well. It isn't a soapbox piece and it isn't no. an agenda piece, but it is something that you can definitely, if you sort through what's being done, you're dealing with Union soldiers and Confederate soldiers and a Pawnee soldier, okay? Who was raised by white folk. You're going to have some. Pertinent political discourse. Discourse. If you didn't. It would feel fucking weak. Yes. You're dealing with the Civil War time. You've got to get into it. So it is not an agenda piece. It's just something that. um, Is being used to help tell the story. And make it more interesting. And you brought up that interview. Or I should say that, um, I don't know, the writer's commentary. Yeah, for this it was first more like issue. commentary at the very end. Yeah, and he brings up that his goal was to just get it right. Obviously, he's not Native American, which is probably frowned on in today's America. Oh, he shouldn't be writing Native American stories. He's not Native American, which is bullshit. Which is you're, bullshit. If you're a writer, an artist, you should do whatever the fuck you want. Doesn't matter who's telling you not to. Uh, My point is, though, is that he was very uh, delicate with this story. He wanted to get it right. More than anything, he wanted to get it right. And he specifically said that he's not trying to embody, and I'm paraphrasing here, he's not trying to embody the entire American Indian experience. He's, I'm trying to embody and hone in on the experience of this one person. One person. One character. And he doesn't want people to take this as him saying something about a culture or... In that, for that matter, that he's an expert on said topic, but he said he did his diligence uh, to do his research and do, you know, and figure and and basically research whatever he needed to, so that there's a, a sense of realness, uh, authenticity to his his series. And I feel like he did an excellent job because there's not one moment in this issue where I feel. Like it was heavy handed, it was weak or a little too light in certain areas in the way of story. Yeah, so overall, this comic makes. I mean, you can simply say this comic makes great writing decisions. Yes, that adds to the overall experience. Nothing actually pulls you out. If anything, everything adds to it. (laughs) It just pulls you in further. Yeah, it pulls you in further. The story is interesting also because you have this American Indian Union soldier, as we had mentioned, who is kind of indifferent when it comes to his culture. I wouldn't say he shuns it, but he's raised by white folks, as I had said, after his parents died yes, and has essentially assimilated into white America. So because he's distanced himself from his Pawnee roots, he's conflicted. When he's reminded of who he really is. Yeah. And it, it, that's the thing that I really do enjoy too is like Arcudi didn't do the stereotypical thing and make it seem like Virgil is shunning his ancestry. He's not. In fact, Virgil just does, isn't with his ancestry because he was raised a different way. He was raised by a parents who weren't Pawnee. I mean, even like the fact that 
No, when he goes back into there and he it, it gets touched on with his grandfather, He's, he doesn't shun his grandfather. He doesn't do any of that. He's confused by it because he wasn't raised that way. He doesn't understand the concepts that his grandfather is trying to tell him. <laughs> and in a lot of ways, I really appreciate that Akuti, Akuti did that because it would be it would be a shame if he did like the stereotypical thing and say, "Oh, he's the prodigal son," uh, the, the prodigal son trope where he shunned his ancestry and ran away from home. No, he was legitimately raised by 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 a white family who took him in. Right. Which, <laughs> honestly, Dave, we barely scraped the the tip of the iceberg when it comes to that whole entire thing. It's. You can see in this first issue that you have the makings of a lot of a lot of complex situations. Yeah. Which automatically, without getting on a soapbox, is gonna pave the way for some some very relevant and interesting social commentary. You're dealing with a, an American Indian who was raised by white people. He doesn't understand his culture, he understands white America. And he may even agree with how he may be treated with some prejudices because that's all he knows. So it'll be interesting to see how he progresses. The story is engrossing and you are drawn into a world that's familiar to what we've read in history books. But something is slightly amiss and unfamiliar. And that's what's the great part about this. When you were talking about questions and mystery and that's the part that's slightly off. Um, I'd say John Arcudi is Arcudi or Cuddy. Am I gonna get? It? Am I gonna get it right eventually? I say Arcudi. Uh, I'd say John Arcudi is utilizing. And this is part of the reason why this comic worked for me. He's utilizing Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, or the monomyth as it's known, which is basically a literary template that is commonly used. The template that's used in a lot of different stories that involve a hero that that involves a hero who goes on an adventure. Yes. Typically during that first act of that adventure, they deny their journey. Yeah, they deny who they are. They deny who they are. No, this is not my destiny. I don't know what this is. I'm just going to live life as I have for the past however many years. And that's exactly how this first issue starts. This is the beginning of a hero's journey because you get the idea that he doesn't want to acknowledge what's happening around him. Oh, absolutely. Especially when you get towards more towards the end and you can tell that it's not like he's running away from what he, or what he is. It's the fact that his, what's what he truly is, is coming to fruition. So to speak. And he doesn't necessarily want to acknowledge it. And it doesn't want to acknowledge it. Yeah. Which is very much on par with that opening act for the hero's journey. Yeah. The hero's journey, if people aren't familiar with what that is, it's from Joseph Campbell's famous book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. If you are a writer or a writing enthusiast or a writer enthusiast. You need this book. You should have read the book already. (laughs) If you haven't, I don't know why. And how he describes the hero's journey, he describes the narrative pattern as follows. A hero ventures forth from the world of common day into a region of supernatural wonder. Fabulous forces are there, encountered, and a decisive victory is won. So. There's definitely that aspect being utilized, Dave, without a doubt. Oh, easily. You can easily see the the the, the hero's journey tropes starting with this first issue. And that's why I really do appreciate the fact that they brought John Arcudi on because he's a legitimate writer. Yeah, and we'll talk about him in a moment, Dave. Let's go to a very quick break. And then when we get back, we're actually going to jump into his writing cred. We'll be right back. Weird West Radio will be right back.
Free stuff is awesome. But free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. <laughs> but you know the pity is when I'm paid. I always follow my job through. You know that. No! Angela! Y'all listening to Weird West Radio. All Rain Man Digital. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Weird West Radio. If you have not done so, be sure to visit us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Digital and pledging $4 or more a month, and you will gain access to additional Weird West discussions as well as an ongoing Spaghetti Western show titled Spaghetti Western Corner. So if you're a big Western buff and you want to get more of us discussing, breaking down, reviewing, you can head over to Patreon. Help us out. Is really the only way we can continue to do these shows. We rely solely on the goodwill of our listeners. And we don't ask for something without nothing. I'm not on the median with a sign asking for handouts. Am I, David? No, not at all. I'm giving you content. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash Digital. All right, Dave, let's talk about the writer John R. Cootie a little bit more because this guy I don't think I've read any of his work but I might go actively seek out some of his past work Dave because I really dug what he did with this issue here now this man does have a very extensive career and I'm actually a little ashamed of myself (laughs) For well, not reading some of his works. Okay, so he wrote Abe Sapien. Yes. Aliens. Yes. A lot of aliens. Well, Arcudi is actually uh, very tied to early uh, Dark Horse comics. Oh, okay. So we're talking about, you know, like Back Predator Dark comics. Horse was good. Yes. With Predator <laughs> and Aliens and... Uh, the 90s, early 2000s? Yeah. Yeah. He did... He he basically did the entire gambit of Dark Horse where he did Robocop, Terminator, Predator, Alien, and The Thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, he basically... Dark Horse gave him those, those uh, titles to actually helm for a bit. And then also the uh, titles that he worked on... I found this out. He actually worked on Doom Patrol, which makes sense when you look at his type of writing style. And yeah, I can see that. You see, he, he definitely, you could kind of say he broke out with the uh, writing he did in The Mask. Yeah, he did that. And also, what's BPRD? It seems like he... BPRD is uh, the Hellboy series. Okay. So and it, that's why he super liked on yes, social media. Because he, because of him... The world of Hellboy, yes, everyone points out that's Mike, actually Mike his claim to fame. Yeah, Mike. Uh, everyone points to Mike McNola for creating Hellboy. Yes, but John Arcudi actually has been writing a lot of the stories that a lot of the Hellboy fans in the comics have grown to accept as the major canon. Looks like like he, BPRD. Like he wrote hundreds of issues of. Oh yeah, he BPRD. did. That's like his thing. And and. A lot of like the concepts that uh, you we saw in the movies in Hellboy are because of John Arcudi. 
<laughs> yeah, dude, this guy has a very extensive career. It's insane. I have okay. There's so much here. I probably have read his work. I'm just not familiar with his name, but I will be now. And it's a and crazy. That's why when you first brought this up, I mean, the list me, goes on and on. Dave, his work. Yeah, when you first brought this up to me, I'm like going, John Arcudi. That's not, that name sounds really familiar. And then I started doing the research. I said, holy crap, this guy is pretty much has written all the stuff that I grew up on as a kid in the 80s and yeah. the 90s. Yeah. Because I was a major Dark Horse fan and I love the I. Aliens, Predator. I love the RoboCop series. What about series. Barbed Wire? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> well, you know what? Is, was the comic actually good, though? The comic was good. The comic what was good. What about the movie? The movie, though... Hey, listen, <laughs> when you were my age, it was the only way we could see Pamela Anderson's titties, okay? <laughs> I'm like, damn, I'm watch some Bob War tonight. Freaking Entertainment Channel used to play it. E, the E Network. Oh, in the 90s, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, play that Barb Warrior. Barb Warrior. And VIP. <laughs> oh, VIP. Oh, my God. I remember that one. I only watched it because Pamela Anderson. That's Anderson. It. it was so awful. <laughs> wow. All right, Dave. So you had brought up some of the background from the author and the way of his, what he wanted to do with this. Yeah. Um, I want to read his a paragraph from what his strategy was when it comes to this comic book. Absolutely. He says that two moons is a book I've been trying to write for years it's a horror action story, first and foremost. Eh, I'd say it's a Western. Western. Come on. Come on, cootie. <laughs> it's a horror action story, first and foremost, but it's more than that for me, and I hope for the reader, said our cootie, in an exclusive interview on Hollywood Reporter, the complicated history of indigenous peoples during the night. 18th century was what inspired me to take this story on, and we explore some of that through the eyes of a young Pawnee man as he grows to learn more about his place in the world. And he says Valerio Jean Giorgano is absolutely killing it in the art. And he says he could have asked for a better collaborator. I agree, dude. The artwork is. I find the right word for it. It's just really good. It's, it's really, very detailed. It's really visceral. If you look it's at that. It's visceral to me. Yes, that's a good way to put it, too. Um, yeah, visceral is probably the right word, and, Dave, because like, that, remember that two-page panel when the Union and Confederate Army were fighting each yeah. other? There was so much detail. There was like so 100 and some soldiers all doing different things, being killed, Killing, uh, running to be killed, running away from being killed. It was an entire army uh, war scene, battle yes. scene. I That two-page panel, I spent about 15 minutes just looking at it because there was so much there. I didn't want to miss it. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing. His, his type of style works for this type of story because, like, it's the images and the details that he will go to. That yeah. make you keep reading, keep your eyes glued to every single panel. I mean, it absolutely in the scare factor panels, what I call the scare factor panels in the book mm -hmm. or the, or the bloodshed factors it, or panels in the book. He goes into such great detail. You're like going, oh man, this is gruesome. It is gory down to like, without giving anything away. A panel where a man is caught in barbed wire and riddled with bullets. Yeah. It's just. And he goes into such great detail with his art. It is disturbing. But yeah. you just can't look away. Oh, it's. And, and because, you know, like. And because, like, you're hearing this story from Virgil's point of view. You know, like what you said earlier, we're we're being told a story and we're being dragged along with Virgil through this together. We're stuck staring at this panel. And I'm like going, this is what Virgil's singing. Well, seeing. I dude, I there was a couple times where I went back and forth from a couple different pages to kind of reanalyze and to see what was happening because it was very detailed and 
it, it did help immerse, I want to say us, the reader, because of how engrossing it was. And you're, you, you're wanting to pay attention to everything that's happening from the very beginning with whatever the hell walked into, um, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but the yeah. opening of the issue, you have this entity or spirit that walks towards two moons. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a great way to open this comic book. It is. Honestly, from start to finish, Dave, it felt like, and I've read a lot of um, pilot scripts from for TV shows, and I've read a lot of theatrical scripts. Honestly, this first issue reads a lot like a pilot script. It does. It could it does. easily be adapted over to to the medium, you know, to a visual medium like television or, of course, streaming. That's why I said well. in the beginning of this, this arguably is a title that if you're into collecting comics based on, you know, what's hot and trending or like, oh, this this series is going to be turned into the next great movie, Two Moons can be it. I mean, I would not be surprised to see down the line, maybe in five years, all of a sudden the announcement, oh, Two Moons gets bought up by like uh, Bloomhouse and it is going to be turned into a movie, which I would pay money to see that. Oh, yes, please <laughs> give it to me now. <laughs> I take it. Yeah. So, Dave, the art is very good. Valerio did a great job, but not with just the the art within the pages, Dave, but he also did the cover art for the main cover, cover A. Now, this is a comic book, and if you guys are new to comic books, um, the, the, the latest, trendiest thing to do is <laughs> to not just release one cover with an issue. You release multiples called variants or variant. And they have a variant for each issue coming out. I don't know how long they'll do that. Typically, Dave, what do they do? Like six or seven issues Sometimes that, are, that have variant covers or do they do them for the entire run? Sometimes it's for six or seven if it's a low profile series, but this isn't a low profile series. So you think they're going to do variant covers the mm -hmm. entire time? For the entire time. Well, listen, I'm going to be buying two because I've I've already purchased two Covers for issue one and two covers for issue two. And I have them <laughs> on pre-order as well. And I ordered because these have sold crazy. They were not able to fulfill the frenzy. So they did a reprinting. And I actually purchased the reprint as well because it's a totally different cover, Dave. Yes. So I'm like, okay, so now I have three covers for one issue. And listen, if I enjoy your work, I will gladly do that. I mean, three issues combined. I, I don't know the exact price on them, Dave. How much I, I, I don't like to pay attention to that because it might. It might hurt your soul. Yeah. But listen, three issues you're getting for under 10 bucks and you can collect them. They're awesome. Oh, yeah. That sounded very childish. You can collect them and they're super awesome. But also, if you're a big fan of like the the Weird West genre, like I'm sure our audience is. You have to. They're collectibles. These these covers i've i've actually seen all the variants up to what the issue upcoming four. issue three issue three yeah dude they are like posters they're, old they're western really movie posters that you would expect they're really good for a western movie and i'm like going i can't decide which ones i want get all of them david like and me yeah and i'm like going Be i'm greedy. like you unfortunately i gotta pick up this one i gotta pick up this one i mean easily Dave, that's literally why I got two to begin with. Yeah. Was because I'm like, I don't know which one I want. Ah, fuck it. Just like I saw a preview. I saw a preview of of issue number four's cover. Dude, is so awesome. And issue number four is like take a western and then mix it with Shakespearean play. Yeah. Holy crap, dude! That cover looks mighty nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So the demand for two moons. Uh, eclipses distributor supply so a debut issue was rushed to print to feed the frenzy and i believe it came out this past uh, march 31st so this past month they re-released the first issue so pick it up at stores i want to say issue one is still available from certain uh, select online sites. Again, I will post links 
to uh, our preferred affiliates and you can go through us. It helps us out. And of course, you guys will be reading along with us. Um, So hopefully people will be able to hopefully people are listening to this show right away when the issues are still available. Yes. (laughs) Otherwise, they may have to wait for the trade paperback and you won't get all those individual variants if you do that. Variants. Now, Dave, unfortunately, the the reception, I'm just going to have to say, fuck them. (laughs) Comic book roundup. Okay, it looks like a few people didn't like it. Now, dude, one bad review brings down your entire rating, which is bullshit. Um, 9.6, 9.2, 9.0 out of 10 is what people are giving it. 8.2. And then some asshole comes in with a (laughs) 6.0 and drops down the average. Drops down the average, yep. This is what the 6.0 says. It's hard to know what to make of two moons right now. I'm very much. I very much like the idea of a horror focused comic book series set during civil war. There, there's a lot in this first issue that is hard to pass judgment on at the moment. That's not a review. That's not a review. That's a fucking thought. That's not a review. You did not say anything. There is no, you did not take a side. You must. Yes. Either it sucks or it doesn't. Dude, he gives it a 6.0 based on a thought. That's literally a fart in the wind. <laughs> How is this comicbook.com? That's literally what they do. That's their entire site, comicbook.com. And that's the fucking paragraph he writes. Yes. And then brings it down to 6.0. 6.0. The other one, 7.0, that brought it down. I've been looking for something to fill the void left by the end of the devil, you know, which is another book written by this author. Right. And with it, the conclusion of the adventures of BPRD and fingers crossed two moons looks like it will go the same way towards doing so. I look forward to seeing where issue two takes us and can hardly recommend. Why you give it a 7.0? You know why he gave it a 7.0? Because he's comparing it to BPRD. And you can't do that. He doesn't have a thought. This isn't a review. This is, I'm hoping it uh, does what these other comics did. And it looks like it's going in that direction. That's not a review. That's a thought. How was the writing? How was the character development? How was the art? If you even had one thought that focused on that then i'd say that's more than just simply a thought that's a review people that are critics should not be critics all right dave so my rmd score is 94 percent i'm one of those people dave that i like to i like to say has a love-hate relationship with comic books i hate comic books but i love comic books there's a lot of shitty stories out there. <laughs> there is. But that can be said about any medium. That doesn't just belong. You know, that title shouldn't just be bestowed upon comic Comics. books. Yeah. This comic book is excellent. It is. I don't know how the story is going to pan out because I don't have any type of clairvoyance. But I can say that the first issue is a very solid start a complete understanding where the story is going we don't know what's going to happen but we know the direction's going yes okay, the story of the Pawnee gentleman being assimilated within white America and now must confront his culture combined with elements of the supernatural and a potential destiny or legacy that he must he must embrace it's a great start. Good story. Good introduction to characters. Solid read. 94%. Go ahead, Dave. I gave this one a 95 just because it is everything that you need in a start. A good start for a comic book series is here. This is a really great introduction into a brand new ongoing series. And it's being I, held by, helmed by a very competent comic book writer slash mine. Yeah. Because you, uh, John Arcudi knows what he's doing. 
especially in regards to the supernatural elements. What makes me really excited is John Arcudi is now taking his talents with the supernatural and putting it to a Western story, which I was very apprehensive at first because just like what you alluded to earlier, I mean, Weird West comic books are very hit or miss. 60% of them tend to kind of fall off the rails. (laughs) This one, though, I see really great potential in. And I would honestly, I would honestly, as a comic book person, I would actually give this to any uh, Joe, I would tell any Joe Schmo out there that this is a title that you can pick up. You don't have to like comics. Do you like a good story? Then yeah, you're going to get it right in this one. And you it's so engaging right from the get-go. It's, it's such a joy to get a comic book series like this. Especially in like in the current landscape of comics where basically everyone wants to do big budget flash bang look it up in the sky type of action build comics and just basically popcorn for the for the brain, right? Here we're getting something substantial, but also something really engaging that we could see down the line being turned into a full length feature film. Yep. So ninety five for me. It's it's a definite recommendation. Yeah. I was impressed and surprised. I don't have a lot of great luck with Weird West comics. <laughs> there are always elements that are cool. I'm like, oh, that is really cool. If only the writing was as great as the concept and the bits of elements that are given to us. This had it all, Dave. It had those elements that are fucking cool like ooh, that's interesting and then also the story yeah and typically that comes when you do exactly what i said at the start of the show don't focus so much on the supernatural focus on writing a real story real story a western story and those supernatural elements are just gonna happen naturally so all right that's it for today's discussion i want to thank everyone for listening thank you david thank you and Good night. Or said he be taken from such prison to a suitable and convenient place of execution within said county and there be hanged by the neck till he be dead, dead, dead. Now, do you have anything to say, young man? Yes, Your Honor, I do. <clears throat> you can go to hell, hell, hell. <laughs> <laughs>